Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into today's Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Ole Miss falls in the Texas Bowl, 42-25 to to Texas Tech. We'll take a look at the stats and take a look at the calls. And to hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin following the loss to Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl. It was a game in which... Ole Miss just got behind quick, and at one point it was 26-7, to and very similar to the Arkansas game, Ole Miss padded the stats, but a lot of it was uh, in the second half, and it was a lot uh, of stats being padded when the game was lost. There are a lot of unanswered questions. Last night, Ole Miss specifically, head coach Lane Kiffin made decisions to go for it on fourth down early in the game, and it would it would eventually cost Ole Miss 14 points. Now, they were able to get one of those fourth downs, but it was so far back inside Ole Miss's field that uh, Ole Miss would eventually turn the ball over and Texas Tech would score quickly. And uh, like I said, we'll take a look at the stats. But look, I mean, this was a game in which it was eerily similar to the Arkansas game. It looked like a team that I don't know if they weren't very focused. I don't know if they weren't ready. But, I mean, I know Texas Tech was. I mean, they came out, you know, from the jump, ready to roll. I wrote in my three takeaways that, you know, I thought it was 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 huge the fourth down calls early, the fake punt that that, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't executed very well, but the rushing game, it was just non-existent in the first half when it mattered, just non-existent, in the turnovers, Ole Miss would eventually uh, turn the football over a number of times, five times tonight, and that resulted in sixteen Texas Tech points, but. You know, you, you kind of look at this thing at 10,000 feet. Where's the program now? What happens now? Recruiting, transfer portal, what players that are in the portal stay? You know, we, we heard from uh, the Kendrick Breedlove come, came out of the portal, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if he stays. But at the end of the day, this program is now 8-5. and five. They've lost five out of their last six games, and it was just, boy, it was just ugly. That almost hasn't won a game since uh, October the 29th against Texas A&M. That's a long time ago. We'll take a look at this game here from head coach Lane Kiffin in just a moment. Remember, uh, grateful for our sponsorship with BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll take a timeout, come back, look at this ball game, take a look at some recruiting, and uh, also look at the future. What does the future hold? We'll get down to it. 
second half of the show right here on the Believe It or Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or, quite frankly, anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property, or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Five, five. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family, KessingerRealEstate.com. And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662 662- 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. 
Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome back to the Believe It On This podcast, a part of the Believe Network. The Rebels fall 42-25 to against Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl and 8-5 and in the season. Taking kind of a look back at the season as a whole, at one point this team uh, was rolling. But, uh, I mean, you know, you heard on this podcast and we heard from different people talk that the, the schedule for Ole Miss was definitely conducive to win on the front half. I mean, we kind of knew that. Troy, Central Arkansas at Georgia Tech, Tulsa, a big win at home against Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, Auburn at home, before Ole Miss would lose its first game on the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. Had an opportunity in that LSU game to go up 17 to nothing, if you remember, right before the half. Goes on the road, beats Texas A&M by three, and then has lost uh, the remaining four games. And I think there's, there's questions to be asked what happens at this point. We heard, and you'll hear from Lane Kiff in a moment, but he said there'll be changes. I'm sure that's roster management. I'm sure that's recruiting. And, you know, we'll have to wait and see if there's any staff changes. But I thought it was really cool to see a couple of players that specifically Miles Battle and Lane talked about in the press conference that he's absolutely in the portal. He's not coming back. But he thought it was cool that he played that final game. And he did. I thought Miles Battle played well, gave Ole Miss a chance, at least a little bit of a chance there at the end of the game when he knocked the ball out. But a lot of people are looking at quarterback Jackson Dart. Dart did not have his best game. Three interceptions. One, I think, and, and this was pointed out to me during the game, and I'll admit, I, I don't know, maybe it was the case. Maybe Jordan Watkins ran the wrong route, but it was it was a very poor throw where it almost like he kind of lit up a little bit. Then he, he threw the pick. Of course, he threw the pick in the end zone, and then he threw one more. He was 25 of 41 for 361 yards. And had two touchdown passes. Jackson Dart was not the problem. Jackson left it on the field. And, you know, at one point during the broadcast, I mean, he he was pretty beat up. And Lane talked about how he he thought about maybe pulling Jackson and and putting either Altmaier or or someone else into the game. And Richard Cross even said on the broadcast, he asked, you know, what, what the injury was. And Richard was told everything. That just tells you that Jackson Dart laid everything he had on the line, and he was absolutely not the problem. The running back room, I don't know what was going on. I mean, and I think it's probably a combination of, you know, they just didn't have great games, and and I think it's also a combination that Texas Tech had a great defensive game plan uh, because the offensive front for Ole Miss was especially, with the exception of a couple drives, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty rough. And Michael Trigg came back, but – you know, I thought it was a little 
you know, I'm not making excuses for Trick whatsoever, but I mean, the, the guy hasn't played in a couple of games and he was asked to, 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 to provide some very pivotal blocks on some of the running, running plays. And, and, and he didn't do it. He just didn't do it. He, he had a, he had a tough game blocking, but the offensive line was, boy, they were beat up pretty bad. I mean, Texas, Texas Tech beat them up pretty good. Just a really poor game all around. It really was. Defensively, Ole Miss did not play well. They had some spurts of, of some players that played pretty good. Troy Brown was disqualified at some point uh, for targeting. Um, you know, there were a couple of weird uh, targeting fouls that were called that weren't called. But, look, I mean, it's, it's officiating had nothing to do with the fact that Ole Miss was just beaten up and down the field. And uh, it, it was a tough night. Uh, Quinshawn Jenkins ended up having 91 yards. A lot of those came in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. At one point, Quinshot had more carries than yards. Just could not get it going. 23 carries, 91 yards. Had the long of 23. Jackson Dart was second with 11 carries for 66 yards. Had one touchdown rushing, had a long of 22. Zach Evans, who was – actually, Zach was much more productive out of the backfield uh, catching screen passes. But he did have eight rushes for 37 yards and one touchdown. Out of the backfield, uh, Evans had four catches for 26 yards and uh, had a long of 16. So that's where Zach was most productive. And we still don't know what the future brings for for Zach, if he's coming back, if he's going to head off to the NFL. We'll have to wait and see uh, what what the, uh, the future brings for Zach Evans. Dayton Wade had the one rush for three yards. Everyone knows what that one was. That was a very interesting called fake punt deep in Ole Miss's territory. So, uh, so many, just so many odd calls. Catching the football, it was the Malik He show. He he played really really well. Caught the ball, didn't have any drops. Eight catches, 137 yards, and had one touchdown. Had a long of 30. Average 17 point one yards a catch. So, a really nice day for Malik Heath as he goes out uh, with a heck of a. Heck of a career for the one the one year he played at Ole Miss after transferring in. Jordan Watkins had four catches for 45 yards, had the long of 30. And uh, Zach Evans, four catches, 26 yards. Didn't see a lot of Jonathan Mingo. Ended up having three catches for 53 yards. Had maybe a couple of catches early, and after that kind of fell off. Had a, had a drop along the way. And so we did see Braylon Brown, someone we haven't seen in a while. One catch for 11 yards. As everyone knows, Brown, of course, is in the transfer portal. So, um, from all accounts and all the reports that we've heard, expect that to probably happen. Expect him to transfer and to stay there. Defensively, we saw the the linebacker play of Ashante Sistrunk basically be called upon because the disqualification of Troy Brown. And Sistrunk played well. Had 12 total tackles. And definitely a bright spot for this Ole Miss defense. Ladarius Tennyson was all over the field as well for special teams and uh, played really well. Seven tackles, four of those uh, were solo and had the one tackle for loss. Uh, Trey Washington, one of my favorite players this year. I I really liked watching him play. Plays a lot of effort and a lot of fire. Nine tackles, had the one tackle for loss and had a big interception in the end zone. Uh, I think it was the first drive of Texas Tech. So uh, Trey Washington had a really good game. Corey Coleman had a Half a tackle for loss, four solo tackles, and seven total tackles. And then Aishim Young out of the secondary, six tackles. After that, kind of a, a mixture of players with four and five and three. And not not a great day for this Ole Miss defense. And, you know, you have to wonder what the future brings 
uh, for the defense, uh, personnel-wise, and then, of course, what's going to happen with the portal. Uh, we will talk probably in our next, uh, in our, uh, next podcast about recruiting, about where Ole Miss is in the high school ranks, and then, of course, uh, only signing uh, a handful of players. And so, uh, obviously, this team is looking uh, – this team led by Lane Kiff is going to be looking for the portal. And uh, already got a couple of big wide receiver commits, one from Texas, uh, Texas A&M, and of course one from La Tech. So we'll get to the we'll get to the uh, the main uh, focal points of recruiting in the next uh, podcast. But definitely, kind of want to break down this game and take a look at what Texas uh, Tech was able to do. It was a big game for their quarterback Tyler Show, twenty four of thirty nine for two hundred forty two yards, had the one interception, but did have the one touchdown. More than anything, he he managed the the game really well for the uh, for the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. He also had a big game rushing, twenty five rushes. I didn't realize he had that many. Wow, twenty five rushes for one hundred eleven yards, two touchdowns, and had a long of thirty six. Taj Brooks, the other running back for uh, Texas Tech, fourteen carries for ninety yards, almost had that one hundred yard mark, and had the long of thirty seven yards. So. Well, I, as I'm reading this, I did not realize that Tyler Show had that many carries. Uh, when he went to the air, it was uh, Jaran Bradley, nine, I'm sorry, eight catches, 88 yards, one touchdown. And then after that, it was, was Fu Yon with seven catches for 100 yards and had the long of 27. So a big day uh, on the ground for Texas Tech. And uh, the Red Rivers would eventually have 484 total yards, 242 pass. 242 rushing, very balanced attack. And uh, it's just the intangibles with, with both these teams. And, and here are the numbers that are going to jump out at you. Ole Miss lost every battle of the intangible that you have to win. Ole Miss eight penalties, Texas Tech three. On fourth down, Texas Tech was five for six. Ole Miss was two for seven. Red zone, Ole Miss was four for five. Texas Tech six for eight. But the key call out here, Texas Tech three turnovers. Ole Miss had seven points off those turnovers. And then Ole Miss five turnovers, 16 points. Texas Tech was able to get off of turnovers. So it was a tough, tough night for Ole Miss. What happens from this point going forward? What happens next year? The schedule obviously is going to be more difficult than this year. Games on the road at Georgia, games on the road at Alabama. Here was head coach Lane Kiffin following the loss to Texas Tech, and here's what he had to say. When I say this, I mean this. I thought that their staff and players did a great job. I thought they had them ready to play. I thought they, we knew they played hard, you know, very kind of overachieved model team that talked from people in the conference how hard they play. That was a lot at home. We're hoping maybe they didn't do it as well today, but those guys, you know, had some good plans. Uh, you know, you're gonna, as a coach, you break down the game, you say, okay, yards, points, all that stuff. And, uh, there's a lot of similarities in the running and throwing the ball by the teams, but you know, you're gonna, you're gonna look really glaring at four downs. So, you know, they did a great. Both were very aggressive. You know, we were 2-7 on the fourth downs. They were 5-6. I thought they had really good plays and some speed options, checking the different things. Uh, so I put that on coach, and I thought their fourth down schemes were better than ours. And ours were actually shorter yardage sometimes. 
unable to move them. And so I do I give them a lot of credit for how well they coached, how hard they played. Um, and after the fourth down and turnover, so, you know, do some analytic chart, you're going to be 99.9%. Of, you know, you don't make five fourth downs and you turn over what five times. You know, that's 10. Now one of those four down that's a turnover is really nine times, right? So if I just did the math, right, that's nine times. You put the ball back without kicks going or scores going on. So that's going to not bode well. And it did tonight. Uh, that we had a little rally there in the second half. Uh, Jackson did better. He had a really poor first half. But he can tell you some critical plays and obviously the turnovers. But, you know, fourth down with the guy in the flat. Out of different play, took a shot deep, um, you know, which killed some some momentum there on a fourth and one. So it's a shame because um, you know, this was a been a great game to win down here. First, uh, very good team, and go out for these guys that were the last game. So again, credit to them. I thought they did a great job um, stopping the run. A team that's run the ball extremely well. Most of the year, you know, for our backs to be four yards and 4.6 and Jackson 6.0. It's a really good job for those guys who had actually struggled against the run. But, you know, their pass rush defensive end. Questions? Wait, did you consider taking Jackson out late? That's a shot there. So, touchdown. Uh, we did. He said it right from the, as soon as he got up that he was fine. They went and checked him in the tent, came right back because we were open where he did the onside kick. So I asked, I even went in the tent, like to ask our training room, and they said he was fine to go. So um, kept playing. I thought he kind of played a little bit like we did, you know, tough at times and made some plays, but then very critical mistakes. Like, can you take and I really don't like the whole fighting part. Um, guys, after the whistle, I really didn't think, you know, we do that very much. I thought we're pretty good at that. Worked really hard at that. But we got a better way out in this world of portal and so many guys last game. That's kind of hard to manage, you know, and some of you guys know they're on the way out, but um, that, that was disappointing. Uh, but you brought up the one and five one. Four downs in the first half, and there was that fake one as well. Can you just kind of take us through some of those decisions? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to do it. You know, Marty wanted to do it. You know, so. Um, so we run through those things. They have a look. We got two blockers out there for them, and you know, those things are always hit or miss. I mean, not hit or miss schematically, but sometimes you don't have the right scheme. And we had enough guys for them, and we could make the cut. I made a good play before he got behind him, so something that we had worked uh, all month on with a really good player in D-Wade. And, uh, and also what goes into those is you cannot predict how games are going. You can just be educated. Well, analytics and games would tell you what, or if you talk to coaches in their conference, like, hey, this is going to be a high-scoring game. they got a great offense. You've struggled late. Second half of the season on defense, they have They've given up a lot of yards, not many points, but a lot of yards today. So, you know, going in, it was 
know, you're going to have to steal some possessions and stuff probably and take some risk. And actually, that really wasn't, I'm not backing them. Those actually, a lot of times, didn't go right into points. Sometimes would stop them with field goals, you know, and so sometimes it's easier to play on a short field, as crazy as that sounds, against a offense like us that builds on pushing the ball in tempo. So obviously that's not the plan to not make it, but uh, those were critical decisions and it didn't work out and didn't get stopped and started early. You know, getting kind of fourth and one, uh, you know, where we don't make the block and the guy hits us in the backfield. So it was discouraging because they had a lot of similar or downs did a really good job with some really good scheme runs scheme us up. Coach, can you talk about when Texas Tech came out on offense for the first play of the game, they came out of the air raid. How about working with Texas Tech and that moment for college football Yeah, that was a cool idea that our coach had had. He mentioned it to me yesterday at the luncheon. Um, I thought that was really cool. Joked with him and said, we need all the help we can get, so we're not going to decline it. But now, you know, I just think that goes, you know, with Coach Leach. Being, being in different conferences with him, being around the players, play coaches and play, like there's not many people that lead places in coaching to sometimes you're fired, sometimes you leave. She's done both of those. And then the places still wear emblems, the places still honor them. Like that, that just shows how he impacted people. And I always said with him, I don't know how he did it. I mean, but... He always had time for a long conversation with everybody. And I think that shows why people care so much. There was uh, a lot of players on both squads, but there's a little bit more that went down during the game uh, with injuries. I just, if you have a status update on any of your players, and also, is there any complaints about turf or anything with them over the down? No, um, we don't really report on the injuries, um, but we didn't. <clears throat> Yeah, I know people do that. So again, you don't cover us, but I just tell you how it is. When our guys were injured. That really wasn't benefiting us because they had short fields all day because we kept giving them the ball. So we do that. We can tell you, choose it because there's long drives going on. So I think that. So those are legitimate. Um, they were injuries happening, probably part of having a you know, long layoff. talked about in the last, last press conference. So the abusing of the timeout was just very frustrating in the situation. It did not win over this game. But just so you guys know, because I like our players to be composed, okay? You know, I'm told on our sideline after that long thing, after the fumble, which got a lot of good momentum going. So fumble the ball back. They get the ball, and, you know, there's this big fight where you on our players, you know, and they're – their coaches are taking their number 11 off the field, screaming at him because um, he spit on our player. And so the side judge on my side says to me, you know, they're supposed to pay their 11. He actually points that way. Their 11 is going to be ejected. You're 71, you know, fought back. So he's going to get a penalty too. So I'm like, okay. Then all of a sudden they announce our 11. Our 11 is Jordan Watkins. It wasn't in the fight. It was their 11 fight 71 that everybody knew because their own coaches were yelling at the guy. There was a racial slur involved. That's not the point of what we're talking about, about the spitting part, the penalty that was said. And so, look, I brought our own 71 up to the officials. I said, 
wrong, you see him crying. He's not crying because he spit on him, because he got spit on in some set. So <clears throat> and it just didn't make any sense. It was really poor to have that many officials that communicate. They all have these fires and they all talk. And they did a great job on some other ones of getting right. But that's not good. You know, you talk about spitting on people and making calling the wrong number 11. Meet Jordan Watkins. Jordan Watkins, they go that. They you know him. And he's the receiver again in the fight with the defensive lineman <clears throat> or the left tackle, the right, the left tackle. So that's why I was so discouraged because they had still told me he was ejected. So now I'm trying to game plan on the sidelines, yelling at Jordan, getting our subs all right. And Jordan's like, Coach, I swear to God, I did not spit on this guy, nor did I even come close to spitting on him. Here's our other tackle crying. I talked about how derogatory it was, what was setting and spin on. So that's why I called timeout to try to get them to get it right. Like, you got all these officials, guys, communicate. That's a big deal, you know, if you're going to eject. So then they say, well, he's not ejected. So did he spit or not? Right. So now he's not ejected because you're not really sure which 11. So that's why, just so you know, because I tell our players to keep their composure and um, I'm going to defend our players when, you know, kids spin on this accused to the audience, the national audience, that it's him, so Jordan's, you know, got to deal with this. So that that's why that was. Uh, this game was still fresh. And again, that had nothing to do with why we lost the game. That was a personal thing about one of our kids, an amazing kid that, you know, they just took totally blew it and wouldn't change it. Like, just going to sit on it, like, my bad. Well, that's a pretty big my bad. It's got family. You know, this game's still fresh, but what will you kind of look, look back at against the offseason or just this whole season, kind of evaluate things and where things might stand for, for next year? Yeah, I'm not a jump to conclusions, you know, because you lose the game, but, um, you know, as I've been around here, we've won 10 games and made changes. So when you look at everything in our program, I'm sure there'll be some changes made in some areas. Um, so I think the Good thing about our fans that know about me is not acceptable to, or that makes eight and five, finish the season like that, um, come down here, do that. So there'll be some changes made, and um, obviously in the recruiting, you got to go right into this thing because now we got to figure out all these portal guys that are in the portal. Got to make sure you know our guys aren't getting bought. Keep our own guys. So there's a lot going on, but staff and Administration around building stuff, we'll always look at all that stuff. Back to the, this problem we talked about. A Texas Tech player had a racial slur towards this player. And the scrum and then it's clarified. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not going to, because I did not hear it say that that happened for sure, that he gave a racial slur to our player. I was told that was said in that. I, am not, I, I did not hear that. So, that would obviously be a giant issue. But the issue that I do know is the spitting part from other players seeing that and their own coaches. Like, I mean, if you actually watch over there, one's kind of laughing because he got off. Like, he's screaming at the player. They're losing their mind on him. And all of a sudden, I talked to the head coach afterwards. He's like, man, crazy officiating out there. I go, yeah, I go, that's really bad on that one. It's your guy's spit. Our guy got the penalty. He's like, yeah, I know. So that that's just frustrating me because it's not a holding that's calling a guy's name out to tell the national what he did that is wrong. And you got all these officials to get it right. Big deal. So 
us on the field changes and stuff. But what are your biggest takeaways kind of just with this group of guys on the field this entire season? Um, I think they did a really good job off the field. I think, you know, you don't look we don't have a lot of problems off the field. They do well in school and stuff. I don't <clears throat> don't like the style of penalties today and all the after the whistle stuff. You know, we've worked hard for years to not be that way. <clears throat> uh, we've always done a good job. We do, do things, you know, there's things we can always do better and don't do well, but I think in this area we've done pretty good. Malik has little moments today. You know, last year you mentioned about Malik and what he's meant. Now we've changed him and stuff. So I, I just really didn't like that. And the targeting thing's so frustrating. Like the guy's sliding. I mean, come on, guys. Like, first time, bad. Second time, worse. And we've done it throughout the year. So it really, that coach's lack of discipline and decision making. And then kind of that run that y'all made right out second half, y'all can stop immediately go score a touchdown. Just kind of. How proud were you of that response from the team? You know, such a fun first half. Yeah, I said at half, I felt like I said, this is going to be a great comeback. We're going to come back and win this game, and I really believed it. I believed, like, we had some good matchups of things. I felt our defense was playing better than maybe people would have anticipated with that matchup. Making some plays without Cedric, you know, which was hard catching that quarterback without him. So I had a feeling we could really do it. But those guys were like, oh, we got problems. We got matchup issues. It wasn't that. And so as you saw, we did the three and out, went down and scored, screwed up the extra point. But um, so I really did feel like we could easily do that because I knew the turnovers in the fourth down were the issues that I'm not saying because we would have punted one. I'm saying maybe punt or make the fourth downs all better plays. You know? So uh, that's why I really thought it was going to be a really cool comeback. And I thought, we were built that way to come back because they would have the same problem in four minutes that we do, you know, slowing the game down. Wow. So. Does decision-making kind of on fourth downs and those, uh, those kind of plays, fourth and shorts, from when you're on the side of the field, does, does that change in bowl games? Kind of do you have to handle it differently? In the season, you know? uh, not really. I mean, it's not like it's preseason. I mean, the game matters. Um, we're trying to win the game. That that was really a pre-game decision of, okay, when we have these, the analytics support, when we read the books, you know, like, when it doesn't work, everybody says they're stupid books, you know. So Jimbo will be happy today. You know, the book didn't work. But when you play these matchups versus, let's say, we're a defense-built team versus another defensive team, you're going to punt in almost all of those. So that's why, that's why that, you know, that was made before the game, that you know, we got to be aggressive. And then we started to play a little better defense, and there was something in the second half where there was a fake in the second half that we didn't do that you know we had lined up to do because I felt like, okay, now we were playing a little better. You uh, just mentioned they come up making a lot of decisions and also turnovers and really seemed like they gave too much chance to kind of come back in the second half. Can you just speak a little bit more into uh, what you saw from that yeah, they did some good things playing on a short field. Um, you know, not exactly, but some Baylor type feel, you know, the Sugar Bowl where we're, we're screwing around on offense and them keeping us in it. Uh, so I did. I was proud of, you know, like I say, this generation of like pretty guys to stay to play a game. You know, Miles Battle's already taking visits. I've talked to the coaches, you know, the school he's going to go to. 
in areas making plays for us in the game, making some critical plays. So um, I was proud of him. Uh, I'm proud of some guys that were in those situations, even Luke played in work. But, you know, those were some guys that were going to actually go out. You know, they, were going, they went in the portal and they weren't going to play inside the play. So even though it didn't work out with wins, I think those are things those guys um, don't regret. We have one more thing. I know, again, the season just ended, but what is what is the next step for this program? Um, just go to work. There's a million things to do. You know, you got just remember your signing days like they're every day because of the portal. You know, and so every day you're going to see people go in the portal, sign places. We have just had a player in our portal just on the way out tell me he's going to go take himself out of the portal and stay. So it's a different, it's just different than it used to be where I could tell you, hey, we have this many days to the next signing day. No one really decides on that anymore. So it's just a new era. I can't really tell you what exactly it is except for go try to build the roster best we can. Look at the coaching, the recruiting, administrative parts of our building, whatever we're doing. Just look at all of it like we have before. Like I said, we went 10 and 2 and made some changes. So That was Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin following the loss to Texas Tech. 42-25, to the Rebels falling in the Texas Bowl. Want to touch base uh, real quick about the takeaways from the game. I, I think it's important to talk about these because these are the three components, in my opinion, as to why Ole Miss lost the game. The fourth down attempts, specifically the two early, that led to 14 Texas Tech points. I just didn't understand them. I mean, I understand analytics. That, that, that's the, the main reason that, that Lane Kiffin does what he does. I get that. But I thought the fourth down attempts early, and obviously there weren't very many successful ones, two for seven before the game would end. I thought that was a key reason Ole Miss got down early because of those fourth down calls. Secondly, the rushing attack just wasn't there. And I don't know if you know if there's anything going on with Quinshawn Judkins or if it was just a fact that Texas Tech was just doing all it could to stop that rushing attack, and boy, they did. Judkins had a rough day. Jackson Dart did what he had to do running the football, and Zach Evans, neither one ran the ball very well. This didn't play well at all offensively, and it started with that rushing game. Ole Miss tried to go to the rushing attack early and couldn't get anything going. And then finally, the, the third takeaway from the game was the turnovers. Ole Miss would turn the ball over five times. Three of those were an interception. Two were fumbles. And you can't turn the ball over like that and win the game. Just can't do it. What's what's next for Ole Miss? Well, you know, I, I don't know if Lane Kiffin was, was talking with Auburn or his representation. But you look at the schedule and you look at the fact that after Alabama, all the noise started. Did that have any bearing on the fact that Ole Miss would lose the final three games? I don't know. That, that That's something for someone else to answer, not me. But I don't think there's any doubt that when the noise started, 
there were some form of distractions, and um, you know it just didn't go well down the stretch. I think I think some of that's kind of being blown out of proportion. I think in large part the reason that Ole Miss uh, you know struggled down the stretch is <laughs> the schedule was much more difficult down the stretch than it was in the beginning. I think that's kind of the main reason. You know, in years past, Ole Miss goes eight and five, and it's a a celebration. You know, this is a, a program that's not. You know, it's never been the SEC championship game. So you win eight games; it's, a, it's usually a celebration. But when you start seven and zero and eventually get to eight and one, I mean, you expect to, you know, to have a pretty good finish. And Ole Miss didn't do that. So I think some some things that Ole Miss is going to have to do is is kind of reel in the recruiting class that you have, focus in on February, do your best to hit the portal and bring in some talent and flush. And you hate to say flush an 8-5 season, but in some regard, you kind of have to. Take away from what happened in the earlier part of the season and do your best to get ready for next year and get ready for spring practice and go forward because Lane Kiffin is locked in. Uh, obviously, we know that the the signature came after the Egg Bowl, locked into a contract. So uh, decide what you're going to do on staff changes, if there's any of those. Look at your personnel strength and conditioning, and get ready for a 2023 run. Didn't expect to have these issues at the at the end of the season, but you do, and you got to fix them. We appreciate you being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Look forward to a Mike and Shay show coming at the latter part of the week. If you have any questions, you can always shoot us a message on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE. We, uh, we're grateful that you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We're very much appreciative. We'll talk more basketball and baseball, men's and women's basketball in SEC play. Ole Miss falls to Tennessee in the earlier part of the week. And uh, women's program will be playing Auburn uh, very, very soon. So excited about basketball, bringing all of that content to you, along with baseball and then recruiting. It's football 24-7. We understand that. So just kind of shifting over to recruiting. Once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you being part of the Believe It or Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.